Okay, guys, welcome to the Social Living Podcast. We're back for another week. Uh, I'm your host, Julian, and my co-host, uh, Jamal Lawrence. Man, what, are we, what are we telling them, man? How are you doing? How's your week going? Good, man. I've got annual leave the rest of this week. Tanika's birthday, so, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Looking forward to some time off. Yeah, Jesus. man, that's good. That's what, that's what we like to hear, man. Yeah, uh, how yeah, I'm good, man. I, I'm I'm doing well, you know, like last week, who would have thought when we were recording the show that I actually was going to test positive for COVID-19 the next day. That is a mad mm-hmm. one. Um, but yeah, no, nah, man, I've recovered. I don't test positive anymore. Um, so I'm COVID-free. Will this change my view on the vaccination? No. Is this just as good as getting vaccinated? Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel, you know, I feel good. Uh, the family's going through it at the moment, but we're all good. We're all getting through it, and um, yeah, man, it's it's been a hard week, but this week has kind of been just back to normal, back to work, back yeah. to serving clients, back to um, uh, meetings and stuff like that. So, yeah, man, okay. it's, it's been yeah. a bad shout. And uh, I'm looking forward to this episode, to be honest, because uh, we're going to talk about something that I've never really spoken about before. Um, uh, I know I messaged you earlier, like, oh, what, what, what's been happening this week? Because I feel like I've been disconnected. But, mm. um, well, it's the biggest thing that's been happening, isn't it? Which is yeah. uh, over the weekend we saw, we saw the Taliban um take over uh Afghanistan. Um, which I guess for those who don't know what the Taliban is, I guess it's like a an organization the u.s deemed them as a terrorist organization mm-hmm. um who basically plotted to regain um the, i guess the government so the current yeah. prime minister leader had to flee the country and they kind of regained control of all states uh or boroughs in in afghanistan which is which is mm-hmm. crazy um and obviously with the history that you and I might know of uh Afghanistan and Iraq and you know 9-11 Tin Towers and mm-hmm. you know the, the 7-7 bombings and things like that like it all mm-hmm. kind of it could be a scary moment for some people uh, they might not understand it um I guess yeah so Basically, it's 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 something that's being covered across all the news outlets at the moment, and yeah, the Taliban seem to have to gained control, which is a, a pivot, another pivotal moment in the Afghanistan uh, in, in Afghanistan's history. So um, yeah. we're going to look into like what does this mean? Um, obviously, our our focus is always social media, and um, Facebook have come out with something. Uh, also whatsapp as well um and tiktok i will come out you know kind of banning any taliban content but i'm sure you've seen some of the content that was being posted like you just couldn't get away from it over the weekend mm-hmm. like um people thousands of people were trying to flee afghanistan um over the weekend people holding on to like planes like air force ones like yeah it's crazy it's crazy scenes crazy scenes crazy scenes like you know what on my point of view like some of the videos i swear did it like 
it was hard to even watch. Like, it doesn't look real to me. Like, mm. and it's, it's mad because sometimes that's what social media can do. You, you, you see something so many times that you, you kind of, um, what's the word where you like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't pluck in your strings anymore. You kind of mm-hmm. become desensitized to it. And, I was about um, to touch on that. I was literally just yeah. about to touch on that. Um, yeah. Because I was saying, I, I, the only re- I don't say the only reason, but I was on the weekend. I, I saw the the image, the the videos of them on the pl- trying to get onto the plane, and I've seen, obviously it then it then goes to the influences. It goes through everyone's social um IG stories. Um, spreading awareness of what's going on in Afghanistan, but the only the video that got me into researching what's going on was the video of the Taliban in one of the U.S. gyms that they have in Afghanistan. Oh, okay. Which is which is like I think is quite important about being like desensitized to a lot of the let's say let's call them awareness posts awareness posts that are going around because it seems every week there is this new new hot topic of awareness pieces and and rightly so but because like you said there is so many of them it doesn't it the the effect has lessened because it doesn't it doesn't connect as much but yeah yeah my route into researching this was of their the guys in the gym and it was if i was watching like i've seen the tweets but it was as if i was watching like a borat film yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've seen the video, but I haven't, man. But that touch they, on it. They turned it basically. They just turned into a meme. So there was there was the Taliban in like a U.S. Army gym, guns everywhere, bazookas on the back, like, and they were just lifting weights, like just mocking it. Really, it turned into a meme. It went around Twitter. Oh, I'm sure someone's probably seen it, but yeah, that was my way into knowing what was going on over in mm. Afghanistan, just because mm. that was a different not a different approach because they they've not yeah they've not really done that for awareness but just a different way of me it clicking with me I guess. Yeah like, yeah like no. I touched on because that it's just there's been so much so many awareness pieces at the moment. And yeah it can be hard to to stay on top of them all. It is man it's difficult because you know it, sometimes I don't I, I think a lot of people are like that when something becomes too trendy you kind of want to like just disconnect from it a little bit because it's just mm-hmm. like what everyone else is talking about. Um, like obviously the situation in Afghanistan is a real situation and it's something that people should take seriously. I don't even know enough about the situation to be able to guide people into where to offer any help or, you know, how to even raise awareness in the right way. Cause I, I don't know what the the situation is. I don't know what the Taliban will do, what they're proposing to the current state. You know, um, you're hearing that a lot of progress that's been happening amongst women in Afghanistan um, will probably come to a halt. So things like, um, I guess that during the weekend when they did take over. We saw, I think they were saying universities were turning away women um, and they weren't allowed back at the universities. Uh, there's a lot of talks that women who would, who, who, I guess it was optional for them to wear like face coverings, like the, the, the hijab and, and, and the niqab. I think it's now going to become more compulsory. But again, I don't want to be quoted on that, but they're just saying mm-hmm. that there's going to be uh i guess stricter um 
circumstances for women uh in in, in the country again uh kind of going back to i don't know if it's what it was before in the past but um Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like it's, it's it's a crazy situation, and then you also got the politics side of it as well. So Boris Johnson has said his piece. Joe Biden has said his piece. Um, the majority are basically saying that they're not acknowledging the Taliban as the the current government there. Uh, so again, that could spark some certain things, um, which could also look like betrayal to a lot of, I guess people who are on the ground in Afghanistan at the moment who have been working with uh, the US and the UK soldiers in kind of helping them kind of uh, I don't know like help helping the, the US and the UK kind of maintain things in Afghanistan uh, mm-hmm. and now those people are just kind of left for dead there hence why loads of people are like trying to flee um so it's it, it's a really sticky situation um this kind of leads me on to into what like facebook have said and whatsapp so they both obviously the same company mm-hmm. they basically say that the taliban is a terrorist organization and any of their content will be banned across their platforms um so essentially that organization isn't allowed to use whatsapp use facebook lives and things like that which i think again i think it's really hard to 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 contain that but you know to the powers that be they they know what they're doing and they keep out um i guess they keep an eye out on like live information and taliban have already reached out and said that they they condemn uh i guess facebook for mm. kind of blocking some of their their live broadcasts that they've been trying to do from from their government headquarters um but yeah it's, overall it's just a, it just it seems like a mad time and the, vi- the, the 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 i think the video of seeing people like trying to climb onto a moving plane i feel like that mm-hmm. is that is wild and like it just um, yeah it just highlights the desperation <clears throat> over there like the people on the ground so i think, I think i'm under the impression that um this all stemmed from the US taking their troops. I'm not sure if it's all of their troops or a large, a large some of them out of Afghanistan. And yeah. then the Taliban have just taken over and yeah, just and that's a situation at the moment. But yeah. I, I wonder how this all affects Facebook stock. Because I know there's been a lot of talk back and forth through different avenues. I know I don't know if it's a leader or one of the leaders of the Taliban had a news press conference and mentioned I think he was questioned on freedom of speech and then he brought up Facebook in terms yeah, of yeah. yeah in terms of um Facebook banning them to speak on the platform like oh, they were switching comparing the ta- they compared themselves to Facebook saying they're they're as bad or as good as Facebook because they they want freedom of speech to go ahead but yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one because when when these large corporations now jump into politics, it affects a lot more than than what we see on on the surface. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think we touched on this before in previous episodes of like, well, how much power should these kind of social media platforms have? Um, mm. Like, we we can all agree that we don't want any of these. Uh, platforms kind of enhancing or enabling any terrorist groups but then <clears throat> there is there is a line of where 
they are allowed a freedom of speech um and they should probably feel the the consequences of the of their freedom of speech if you know what i mean um mm-hmm. but then who 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 controls that can a can a can a social media platform decide what you can and can't say um mm-hmm. and this is where you know it's a it's a very blurred line at the moment um but i i do think that they are taking the right stance in terms of okay look the us view this organization as a terrorist organization so we're never going to enable them and that's their way but you know we've seen the likes of you know donald trump um be treated in a certain a different way and mm-hmm. he he might not be classed as like a terrorist organization or whatever so he might give the argument of freedom of speech um mm-hmm. you know what i mean so yeah it's a difficult one man it is a difficult one it's a difficult one <laughs> But I feel like people are acting responsibly with this. Like we, we all know the agenda of the Taliban, and like you've you've listed off a few of the events around them in the past. Like we need to kind of nip this in the bud and give it. Let us, we need it's a, it's a hard group because you need need it to be publicized, but you don't need to control what is publicized, which is will be a tough job to Facebook to kind of sieve through the the things that need awareness. And bring awareness of the of the doings over in Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you might not want to give awareness to some of the videos that the Taliban are doing, but you need to give awareness on the situation and what's happening yeah. in 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 over there, over there. And, and also another thing as well is that, like, you know, the social me- social media can breed a lot of misinformation at the moment, and like, it, it could be very, it can be, I don't know, it could be spun in various different ways. You know, like a lot mm-hmm. of people, I, I know, no doubt there's going to be a lot of people talking about, oh, this is the US fault, this is the UK's fault for them being in there, why are they still there, they found Bin Laden ages ago, you know, mm-hmm. like all this, you know, all this type of talk. Um, but again, not a lot of people are talking from an uh, accurate sense of knowledge and you know, that can just get, that can just spread like wildfire as well. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're going to see, oh, it's the US fault, it's the UK's fault, it's Boris Johnson, what is he doing? Da-da. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, like, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what the, the solution is, but I think, um, I guess I think that the the social media platforms are, are, are taking the right stance by just allowing people to share what they seeing the news and then kind mm-hmm. of just moving that you know and then mm-hmm. i guess they have to just learn by like you have to learn bit by bit every day and see what's what's actually happening we've heard joe biden say that um he'll offer help to the people that's on the ground there um until august 31st and then everyone's left at august 31st but then what does that mean like what well, mm-hmm. if you can't get help in that time and you're gonna feel like at the u.s like, are you going to feel let down by the U.S.? What if you're an interpreter, you were, you know, an ally of the U.S. Army? Mm-hmm. Um, are you suddenly going to be left to the hands of the Taliban and, mm-hmm. you know, you might not see or hear from you ever again? You know? And I feel like there is a line of duty maybe for the U.S. or the U.K. to kind of help those people. But again, I'm not involved in that sense, so I can't send those orders. But... um you, you just, those things kind of come to mind when you have this type of conversation. 
Yeah, it is again. Again, that's an interesting one about the US and the UK helping in you know, in in any way possible. Because again, these decisions bring out. I don't. Yeah, it can bring out the nasty side of social media because now everyone has an opinion on these doing, especially when it when it's over politics and governments. You then start to see like all it takes is a, a video to go up on Sky News or a statement saying that the UK are now letting in refugees from Afghanistan. And if you go through like the the mentions and the replies to to that that thing, yeah. it, it gets nasty. It shows a nasty side of yeah. of the country. So yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, that's like, again another thing that that these tech companies and social media platforms are gonna have to manage because. Yeah, it can it can be a nasty place when politics are, is as high as it is at the moment. Yeah, no, you're right, man. You're right. I think um yeah, as long as as long as the social media platforms stay on the I guess the moral ground on the right side of the moral ground, um mm-hmm. they're doing their bit and I, I guess for people like us we can only try and raise awareness through the platforms that we create content on and try and do our best to raise awareness in it in, in, in that sense and mm-hmm. I guess that's, I feel like that's all you can do until you have a bit more power yeah. um, and I, I feel like we're never ever going to know the full extent of the situation between Afghanistan US and UK mm-hmm. um, because it does it does seem to run deep in I can get lost in documentaries galore uh, when it comes to like when we talk about like um, Bin Laden and um, Saddam Hussein and Afghan mm-hmm. and Iraq, like yeah, like yeah, like it runs so deep, and I feel like it almost ends up into like an esoteric knowledge type place because the, the it's just information that's just not widely known, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can end up looking or appearing like you're gonna end up talking about Illuminati or something like that. But like, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it, that's how far it kind of runs deep. Um, when you hear when you hear about some of the stories between like the relationships between um Afghanistan or Bin Laden and the US. So mm-hmm. yeah, but we don't need to go into that too too deep. But um. um yeah, I think we touched on a lot there. Yeah, when it comes to Facebook versus the Taliban and social media versus the Taliban, TikTok making the right step by blocking kind of any Taliban content that comes through, which is fair. Um, because yeah, you got to protect the masses, and you, I guess, you don't want that type of organization to to grow. I guess. So, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. So yeah, man. Um. Uh, I guess the, the the next topic that we got here is the Roman Lukaku man. Like last week, we touched on Messi, one of the biggest sign, well, probably the biggest signing of the summer. Um, and then a week later, we're talking about Romelu Lukaku man moving from Big Rom. Big Rom. Inter Inter Milan to Chelsea. He's back home, man, and um, again another big rollout. Another big expensive fee I believe the fee was just under a hundred million pounds mm. he now becomes the most expensive player ever in a sense of um the amount of transfer fee he has accumulated in all his moves being oh, that's just... crazy I'm not I didn't yeah I didn't, I didn't realize that yeah so uh I think so it's just he 
I think he's accumulated two hundred and eighty million pounds in transfer fees uh, over mm. the course of his career, which mm. is yeah, it's crazy. It is mad. Mm. Literally, when you deep it, like it is, it, it's a big thing. Mm. <laughs> it's a big thing that Ronaldo hasn't done that. So just to kind of put it into context, um, uh, the most expensive player of all time is Romelu Lukaku. I've got it here in euros. I don't have it in pounds. So forgive me for that. But um, so after Romelu Lukaku, we have Neymar, 300 million, 310 million. Uh, mm. Romelu Lukaku is at 327 million euros. Um, that's over five transfers. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, free transfers, 230 million. Alvaro mm. Morata, he is uh, 189 million in six he transfers. Got, he's got to be the biggest fraud in football. How is Morata <laughs> up there? <laughs> that is madness. How is he up there? But you got to think, like, he, Morata went everywhere. He went Chelsea, Juventus, mm. Real Madrid. He's been at Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid. I don't even know where he's at now. Probably Juventus. Right. But yeah, six transfers. Has he, has he done well? Has he done well anywhere? Um, I feel like he does well enough because he keeps getting the move. Six moves is not yeah. <laughs> it's not easy, is it? Um yeah, but yeah, like in terms of the top like so Lukaku, Neymar, Ronaldo, Morata, Di Maria, Antoine Griezmann, Usman Dembele, and then Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So That's crazy, um, man. yeah, man. It's uh a lot of those guys aren't really like proven, or they've not lived well. Proved they might be proven, but they've not lived up to the price tags that they've they've been given. Which is uh, which is a common. If you think about Griezmann at Barca, Dembele at Barca, Morata yeah, there, Lukaku yeah, yeah. at United, like yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's true, but I think um, Lukaku being. Lukaku, he started so young, man. Mm. Like, I remember he, I swear he was playing first team at like 15. He was just the size of a man mm. <laughs> already. Like, and then when he got to, he moved to Chelsea, like, he was still a boy. Like, he was young and mm. now he's about to be a man. And we, we touched on it a couple of weeks ago where we were saying that, um, uh, we feel like, um, Lukaku and Haaland have probably passed Mbappe in checking the you know, the best strikers in the world. And um, and he's no surprise he's getting that move. So, um, no, it's a big thing. And uh, another thing I really enjoyed as well with the rollout, um, they were handled by Rock Nation. Yeah. Um, I know Chelsea Absolutely. did their own thing. I know Chelsea did their own thing, but what Lukaku put on his own social, I thought was genius, man. Like, um, in typical Rock Nation fashion, you know, music provided by Nipsey Hussle and Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it, that to me, I love to see it because it just rings home. It's relatable. You know, like, you know, Lukaku is black. You know, when when we see people get to the top like that, we still want to be able to relate relate to mm-hmm. them. And and that's, that is something that's very strategic. And, um, yeah, so I feel like, yeah, you know, big shout out to the Rock Nation team for, for, for bringing that in like that. And, um, yeah, man, it's, it's a big, you know, Rock Nation, if you think about it a couple of years ago, 
they were just like they were like a music label. Now they're in sports, mm -hmm. making one of the biggest deals within football. Um, yeah, that is, that is that is big business, you know. So mm -hmm. we have to hold credit for that as well um, to the Rock Nation team. And again, no, Jay Z, yeah, done. So I was going to say, even in terms of like their social presence and what they're doing with their athletes at the moment, they're bringing over a lot of like the American influence in, in terms of the rollout that we've seen on socials. Like that's that that is stemmed from basketball, American football, and, yeah. and how the athletes treat themselves as a brand. And we've started to see that more and more um, in the UK and within the football industry. Like, I feel like we've been a bit late to it but we, we start to see it with like the likes of Rock Nation and these other guys coming into the scene and bringing, bringing personal branding to the forefront for a lot of these players because it, yeah, it, helps, it helps them, it helps change the perception of them as well yeah no you're, you're right it allows you to, to, to dive into them a bit more personally and you get to like for example Lukaku, you get to see a different side to him, you realise that he was, I think, in one of the videos, he was like a sixteen-year-old boy at Old Tra at Old Trafford at Stamford Bridge, saying that he he would he'd play he'd play there eventually. Like he, this is his dream to play at Stamford Bridge, and he's he's made it happen. Like it's stuff like that that you don't see, you don't get to connect with personally, but it helps it helps fans connect to him. And and yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he'll be off to a great start. Like I'm I'm excited to see him in the Prem again. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, same man. I'm I'm like, super excited. Like, um, and to echo what you were saying as well, like what Rock Nation bring to some of these um athletes over here, <clears throat> like proper humanizes them. Um, the the likes of you know Rashford coming here speaking out about certain political issues. Um, I think that you know is really 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 imp really important because. There's certain people who you'll never see them talk about anything in the press. Like if you give someone like Harry Kane example, he's meant to be the British, the best British um, striker, but he never really talks about anything that's going on. So then, how do any of the kids relate to him if he doesn't really talk about anything? You know, mm -hmm. like he's just there talking about his football, which is obviously is good, but like there are other you know issues that are going on, like kids not being fed, not might not have shoes or whatever. Like obviously. Mm -hmm. Everywhere has a level of poverty. We're not saying that the UK is like really terrible when it comes to poverty. There are definitely people and areas that live in in, in poverty worse than others. Um, but like, if you are a player that's kind of come from that, you you you're you humanize yourself by just being able to talk about that kind of stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and like, that's where I feel like Rock Nation can really bring life to a certain footballing brand. Um, better, better than the likes of Harry Kane or Henderson or whatever. They might not need to or feel like they have to, you know. So um, mm. yeah, I just thought I'll touch on, I'll touch on that. Um, but yeah, Lukaku, man, I feel like Chelsea probably looked really strong to win the league now. So yeah, man. What I'm not looking forward to is we can talk. We can talk about Arsenal quickly, mm. and I want to talk about um, Ivan Tony and Ben White because. Ben White, I like him, but he got bullied. He got absolutely bullied. And now, <laughs> yeah. Ivan Tony, as good as he is, he's not Lukaku. And we got chance on the weekend, so. Yeah. That could be an interesting battle. It could be a very interesting battle. Um, But let's not, let's, I feel like with Arsenal, you can't overreact. 
we really can't be overreact. We played <laughs> one game, we played one game, and suddenly Arteta's out. You know, the team's not good enough. Yeah, and I, I can agree, the team might not be good enough. And and I'm sure Arteta is working day and night <laughs> to make sure <laughs> the team is ready. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Did he did he not want um Abamyang and Lacazette to not start last week? I'm sure he didn't want that. You know? Um we Arsenal made two mistakes and with two goals. And that's the cutthroatness of the Premier League. But it's just one game. It is just one game. Um, um, I think that you know Arsenal fans will win over the weekend against Chelsea, and it might be very lucky, you know. And mm-hmm. suddenly it's like, yeah, we're we're we can kick on. We just need one more sign in. The yeah. league is ours. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So yeah, we I, like Arsenal fans are very frustrating to deal with at the moment. Um, we did see Ivan Tony or even Tony. I don't know how you say his first name. Mm. Um, we did see him dominate Ben White, but Ben White has played in the Premier League. He, he's he's done it in a different position. I don't think we can just write him off after this one game. No, know. definitely not. Definitely not. We, and I think, we, well, I do, I think we know Ben White's strengths, and that's that's not why we signed him. We're not signed. We're not signed him for his aerial capabilities. He's a modern-day ball-playing centre-half. And maybe with the likes of like Gabriel alongside him, we would have handled um, Tony a bit better. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think that just shows... It, like, it just highlights how sensitive Arsenal fans are or have been for the last... <laughs> fair, but... Ever since the birth of social media, I'm going to plug it that way because mm. ever since the birth of social media, Arsenal fans have somehow come together along with other fans to make us look very, very sensitive, weak. Um, obviously, Arsenal's been going through transition periods and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot. You know, when you're just used to growing up, watching Arsenal with a certain way, whether it be the Invincibles, um, you're, you have a certain expectation of a club. Um, but then when you deep it in the grand scheme of things, Arsenal wasn't the Invincibles for like ten years. Like mm. do you know what I mean? It was a it was a two, three year period, you know, where we were good, you know, un, under Wenger. And then, you know, most of Wenger's reign we didn't win anything. So mm-hmm. you know, you have to you have to look at it that way. Um well mm. I don't want to say most of Wenger's reign we didn't win anything, but there was a lot of it where we didn't win it, especially in that second half, and then we started winning FA Cups again. But um, to link this, yeah. uh, quick one to link this back to social. Um, yeah, how do you think the effect of our AFTV has 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 it has it benefited fans, but negatively affected the club? Like, how what is your what what's your opinion on the rise of AFTV and how it may or may have not affected Arsenal? So, the fact that it has affected Arsenal, I feel like. Uh, I feel like it doesn't make sense, like because obviously you can they you, there's an argument that you can say you know Arsenal fan TV has blossomed whilst the Arsenal have kind of like fallen so to speak like down the table yeah which is which I understand and I I can get and I can see that and that I can see that evidence 
but also at the same time, I feel like what Arsenal has done, what Arsenal fan TV has done, has given a voice to Arsenal fans. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing is with that is because because now it has given a voice to Arsenal fans, suddenly Arsenal fans are now a trend. And that's a trend of the whole league. Literally, everybody tunes in to see what Arsenal fans have to say about Arsenal. Simply because mm-hmm. you know that if Arsenal win, you know that Arsenal fans are going to come out and say, you know what, this is it. We can do this. And when Arsenal lose, you know, it's all like, it's, 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 the, it's the bottom, you know? Yeah. So it, it, it becomes comical, you know? And um, is that, I don't know if that's Arsenal fan TV's kind of intention, but it's just a situation that is with the types of fans that we have because of the types of success that we've had, like, in the past, I think, you know, we were invincible. We were invincible. We did have the likes of Thierry Henry. We never replaced any of those players back in the day. Do you know what I mean? So, like, there's no surprise to me that, I guess, you know, we're not where we are or where we're supposed to be. We So many decisions have been made back in the day with the same board that we have, no, I don't say the same board, but like with board members that we have now that are that were back then, that were still there back then, where mm-hmm. we're not we're not giving Patrick Vieira new deals. We're we're only giving players over the age of 31 year deals. Like there's no transition from that old set of players to a new set of players. The game's mm-hmm. changed as well on top of that. Like there's been so many changes and like the way I see it at the moment right now, I see Arsenal, I see them trying. Sometimes it's hard to defend some of the decisions that they make. Like when you're seeing um, Arteta on the weekend, I mean, on Friday, and you see that we end up of like, at the end of the pitch, at the end of the 90 minutes, we have no striker on the pitch. And we've made like 20 crosses or something. Mm. And like a lot of those crosses came in the second half. And with no striker on the pitch. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why are we making copies to to, 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 no to, 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 no, to no one? Exactly. So, you know, this is these are some of the issues that I see and I can't defend. And I think that's, and that's what I think a lot of people see and they're like, you know what, Arteta out, like, yeah, good. But yeah. Um, I guess to conclude, I feel like I'm happy to see what Arsenal Fan TV has brought because I feel like, um, I like to see fans win like that. Uh, it's just a shame that Arsenal hasn't been winning. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think and that is that is true. Though, if Arsenal win, the Arsenal fan TV have no issues. Then no one has issues with Arsenal fan TV. Yeah, exactly. It's just really, exactly. It's a, yeah, it's just about. I think again, it's, I don't want to link it to Taliban, but it's, it's, they've given they've given guys the freedom of speech. Um, and and it's it's up to it's up to it's up to the fans to how they take that. Like yeah. fans are upset after the game, and they just they just giving them a voice. Yeah. But, um, yeah. If Arsenal win, they they've got nothing to worry about, and that the heat is off them. I think exactly. they can be used as, as a scapegoat a bit. Yeah, um, they can be. They can be. Like, and from when, from when, from when, sorry to interrupt, but like from when you seeing like people like Bellerin, what when you're saying Arsenal fan TV affects them, it's just negativity. I don't want you in my club because when Sky Sports says negative stuff, you're not complaining. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
And it's the same thing. It's just press. It's just that this time it's from your own fans. And, like, your own fans are probably going to say this regardless if they were on Arsenal fan TV or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just that they've been given a platform to be able to do so. And you can't be able to, you know, you can't you can't deal with it. That's why I'm like, there's deeper rooted issues at Arsenal, man. It's the whole culture. It's, you know, it's trying to formulate a winning mentality. And this is going to take years, man. It's going to take years. But I, I just pray that, you know, in my lifetime, we see Arsenal win the trophy again and I can take my son. To, yeah. to to you know to the the parade or whatever. So you know when that happens, it happens. Like, but you've got to put your team through and through. Yeah, it's just how it is, isn't it? Every team has their cycles, man. Like City's having their cycle right now. Do you know what I mean? They're just the best. Mm-hmm. So let them be the best, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's it called? I did have a few uh, social media updates. Uh, first one being TikTok announces new partnerships with Vimeo and Canva um, in an effort to kind of streamline content. So Canva being content creation platform, uh, which I use on a daily basis, they need to actually offer me a discount code somewhere. So I need to try and get I'm gonna work on that for the next podcast for real. Yeah, plug, um, plug that, plug that. yeah, for sure. And Vimeo being video content as well. So, um, yeah. So like they're 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 syncing up together to be able to offer best kind of content with TikTok. So um, Vimeo and and Canva being able to use their platforms to kind of create content for TikTok easier. So it's all kind of streamlined. I think that's a good look for both of those three platforms and. For anyone who's working on social media, it's a great time to jump onto Canva to help you make, you know, some of your TikTok videos and things like that. So it's a good look, man. I see that working very well in the future. Next update is YouTube adds video chapter listings into search, which could be seen as a new consideration for SEO. Um, so I guess the, the video chapters, uh, what it says is that YouTube is looking to enhance its in-app search tools with new video chapters within uh, search results and expands expands access to content in different languages to broaden search capability. So basically, okay. it's enhancing their search capabilities within an app, which is uh, another good look as well. Um, I'm gonna keep an eye out for the for the um, I guess video chapters. So. Um, I think that's yeah. I think that's an important step for YouTube because uh, they used to have tag. Well, they still do have tags. Um, so you used to be able to tag like keywords. Um, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, that used to be used as SEO, but as time has gone, tags have become near enough irrelevant, and they no longer work for SEO. How um, meta descriptions and meta titles work within Google? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. the fact that they they're looking into this and. It should mean that people should see content from people with or accounts with lesser subscriptions more, yeah. which could which which would only benefit um up up and coming content creators like ourselves. So yeah, hit that like yeah. button and smash subscribe yeah. and all that stuff. All of that, all of that, all of that. <laughs> um, and the last and final update is Twitter tests new misleading information reporting option to further combat misinformation in tweets. Um, oh, I always happy to see that, man. 
there's so much misinformation on all social media platforms and you know for twitter to kind of take this this jump and and um guess help kind of combat that i think that's a good look for them um so yeah if there's a way for users to kind of flag something as misinformation i think that's a good way for you to kind of raise it with like any internal teams or whatever and fact check it and stuff like that so yeah yeah, man that is good stuff man that is good stuff oh i also yeah i thought i'd face this as well um this is this is going to be an ongoing theme of us about social platforms becoming the same they were all all of them being alike but interestingly twitter have removed their fleet option from the platform so what was known as um twitter stories is now now no longer which is interesting oh really so they've they've removed their stories feature basically yeah yeah yeah. so they brought it into play i want to say maybe four months ago now Maybe five months ago, and now they've removed it just because it hasn't had the uptake that they they were after. Mm. Well, you know what? It's like what we were saying last week. I'm like, you know, when you go to Twitter, if you're an angry Arsenal fan, you are going to go to Twitter to type. You're going to go to Mm. Twitter to do a video. You're going to go to Instagram to do your video, or you might go to TikTok if you don't have if you if you don't have both you know uh-huh. so you, you might just go to instagram to just do your reel you know and that's what you're going to do and i think that people need to keep that in mind um i'm never against anyone kind of copying or enabling something that's a similar just because i think you can get enough you might be able to get enough market share to kind of hold you over like look how many cars there are out there look how many dope modems memory sticks laptops you know all that kind of stuff like there's things you you can get a good market share and have a good following um if you use it but also you need to know why people come to you and why people come to twitter is not for the video aspect um um you know the stories aspect anyway um so yeah they might need to come up with something new but uh mm-hmm. yeah i think so, they just need yeah. to... i think the space for twitter would be the, the podcast space because i know oh what is it feature called it might be called spaces actually which is their, oh, yeah, their clubhouse their, version. yeah yeah their version of stereo i guess uh yeah clubhouse so that could be an interesting space for them because i can see how that would work because twitter yeah. is a, a discussion-based platform so I can see how adding voice to those discussions may may benefit them. Yeah, no offense, stereo, but if 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 Twitter want to give us the back and we move the podcast over there, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> yeah, um, you know what I mean. So um, it's all about the back at the end of the day. So yeah, man, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. What are you saying? Wrap it up there. 